Hi everyone, we're Lana Mercedes and we are the Onion Peelers. We are also the proud owners of The Breathing Space, a growing community of Ashtanga Vinyasa practitioners and spiritual seekers located in the heart of Amsterdam. To find out more about our online and studio offerings and trainings, check out our website at www.thebreathingspace.nl. Chan chan chan. We're dun, back! Dun. Yay! It's been way too long. Well, it's been I, way too long, but, but we've been busy. We now have this lady across from me is a married woman. Yes, I am. <laughs> so you can call me Mercedes Weigel now. Yeah, all of you, all <laughs> of you admirers out there. She's a taken lady. Oh yes. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> no, yeah, we indeed that was definitely happening. And also we had David here. Yeah. And that was so much fun. Yeah. David Kyle. He was here for a week. Yeah. So that yeah. was great. We were busy doing very nice practice with the group and yeah. workshops and things and also eating lots of things <laughs> yeah definitely so um yeah that was a lot of fun i really enjoy that yeah because i think in the last podcast we said okay now we're gonna get back on it but then mercedes got married so that was a lot of um planning but yeah <laughs> thankfully that is finally after years of postponing oh yeah um, yeah yeah it was three years in the making that's yeah. true yeah but I don't, I don't know you know in in Spanish we say don't announce oh, yeah. <laughs> so we always have the intention to do these chats once a week yeah. but of course you know <laughs> so you sometimes life happens yeah yeah oh don't announce so that nobody can hold you to anything <laughs> yes exactly my mom used to always say you know like oh from next week I'm gonna do this and she'd be like less announcing <laughs> don't announce <laughs> less announcing. Yeah. but it, it's good to have uh, an intention so yeah we, we've definitely missed you guys so we've been looking forward to do this uh, this episode today yeah and uh, Mercedes there's been a lot of interesting talk uh, around this subject lately <clears throat> especially because We've had some questions asked or comments made, not directly to us, but, uh, and also it's a topic that we've thought about before. Yeah, it's something that is very much alive in our, especially Ashtanga. In our Ashtanga yoga context, yeah. And interesting that you also just got married because that is also a form of this. Yes. So today we will be talking about... Tradition. La, la tradizione. La tradizione. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is, this is a good one to unpack. Um, yeah. So let's start by asking ourselves the following question. Are we, as both, ready to peel this onion? Mercedes, I've never been less ready to peel this <laughs> onion. <I'm kidding. laughs> I've never been more prepared, in the traditional sense, <laughs> to peel this onion. Fabulous. And Let's take a bite it. out of it. I might cry a little in the, in the process. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, when we talked about doing a podcast on this subject, I thought, you know, let me look up 
the exact definition. I did exactly the same. Yeah. Good. And I found a couple, most of them are the same, but I liked this, uh, the wording of um, the Merriam-Webster dictionary has two, uh, actually three uh, definitions mm-hmm. of tradition. So the first one is, uh, well, there's fir- the first one is a part A and a B. Part A is, uh, tradition is an inherited, established, or customary pattern of thought, action, or behavior, such as a religious practice or a social custom. B, a belief or story or a body of beliefs or stories relating to the past that are commonly accepted as historical, though not verifiable. Um, And this is what I thought was really interesting. So this is the second definition, which I think was really applicable to what we do. Um, And that is, tradition is the handing down of information, beliefs, and customs by word of mouth or by example from one generation to another without written instruction. I think that's interesting too, without written instruction. You know, I had to look at it uh, also, and that's the one definition I found. And I was like, whoa, this is so telling already. It's funny because I I think this is exactly what the in Ashtanga yoga or in uh, Sanskrit is called parampara mm-hmm. right this handing down of handing information down. because let's unpack that a little bit further in the definition that I looked up below it also said where the word transition comes from oh interesting. so trans trans like transatlantic means yeah, across, across yeah. and decision comes from the Latin of dare and Dar, at least in Spanish, means to give. It's like to give across, to pass down. So that's really the roots of the word transition. Uh, Transition, tradition. A transition, tradition, exactly. Um, So yeah, it's already very telling. It's like, okay, that's it. We don't need to discuss anything else. Just look at the definition and then... Yeah, which is fascinating because there's always so much... Um, I don't, I remember at some point somebody asked us, I think on Instagram, like a private message to us, uh, do you all teach traditional Mysore or modern Mysore or something like that? Mm, and I, I, yeah, I, I really didn't understand the, I was like, what is that? <laughs> And I think if you if you read a definition like this of tradition, it's really interesting because it, it is how a person is taught by the, their teacher that gets passed down. And um, I think that you do see that in... It's funny because you can often tell who somebody's teacher is by the way that they practice. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, what what is traditional? I think that's um, because also I don't think in any definition, at least that I read, does trans- tradition mean one way or stagnant or non or static. <laughs> and this is why we're friends. I have exactly those words written here. So this is when I love to rant. So let me rant for a moment. I really dislike the way this word, traditional, 
gets thrown around within the Ashtanga context. It's like, do you practice? Do you, do you practice traditionally? Is your teacher traditional? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. And I think, in a way, the way that it gets interpreted or the way that it gets told is like, like you say, like you practice in a very precise, specific, stagnant not room for individuality way or like nothing has ever changed ever since the beginning of time oh, and now now I really get angry because everything has changed yeah and then again nothing has changed yeah right I mean so many things have changed within the system some small things some big things There's a lot of postures that didn't used to be there. Yeah. There's a lot of postures that are not there anymore. The vinyasas that are there that weren't there. Exactly. Ways of moving in and out of postures. There's uh, even sequences yeah. that have changed completely. Yeah. There's part of one sequence going to another sequence. Yeah. There's parts of the closing sequence that are no longer practiced. Yeah. Uh, the way that the sequences were taught back in the day are no longer taught now. So there are so many things that have changed. So it is not this one thing that never moves. No. And it's interesting because if you look at, uh, in our studio, we have a poster from David Williams. And that's basically kind of the original uh, entire catalog, let's say, of the Ashtanga series. And uh, back then it was four. And the series three and four were completely mixed up Like yeah. with compared to the way they are today, and today there are what apparently six, seven being family. But yeah, back then there wasn't, and and the sequence was different. So is that then traditional, or is the way that Sharat teaches now is also uh, uh, different in a certain way? I know. I remember when we practiced with Sharat, and he would always say, who's your teacher? <laughs> who's your teacher? If he saw somebody doing something in a certain way. Um, because then it's obvious, right, that they've either learned from somebody outside, perhaps his lineage, uh, and his lineage, of course, that would be the lineage of most people, except for those who've only practiced with Patabi Joyce. Um, and the way that he learned from his grandfather Uh, and how he's changed things over the years. I was just about to say, because, okay, yeah. he did learn yeah. from Patabi Joyce, but so did Manju, yeah. and so did uh, so many other people. Yeah. But the way they teach, yeah. it's also very different. Yeah. There's things yeah. that Manju does that Sharad doesn't do. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think... I think, you know, there's something really also powerful in the word tradition. I think it's really important that we honor the system and that we honor the tradition of the system. And it's important because it gives us a sense of belonging. It gives us a sense of value, of also of gratitude of the people yeah. that came before us. And also just this honoring and trying to keep it as as real and as honest as we can, but within that, yeah. we're still working with people, yeah. not with robots. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I, I've been very lucky to, to meet Nancy Gilgoff, who was one of the 
first women that, uh, at least in the West, that learned from Patabi Joyce. And she always says this already, it cracks me up. It's like, for example, in the standing sequence, we have Parshvakonasana and then Parivrita Parshvakonasana. But it, the twisted variation was never, never there. there. Yeah. And then apparently, you know, when, when Nancy met Patabi Joyce, he was still kind of developing the sequence and the system. And, uh, and one day he kind of like tested this Parivrita Parshvakonasana, right? He was like, oh, try this. So they did it, and then anyway, her and David went back to the U.S. and you know, or Hawaii, whatever they were at the moment, and they kept uh, working with this twisted uh, triangle situation. They started teaching to their students with the twisted triangle. Anyway, like a couple of years later, they went back to visit Patavi Joyce, and they went back to the twi- with the twisted triangle. Patavi Joyce said, "No, no, no, no! <laughs> take that away! Take that away!" And, and they said, no, but we like this twisted triangle. Like he was like, oh, he basically said, fuck it. Okay, keep it there if you like it. <laughs> but it was never meant to be there. And so, now it's there. And now day. it's there. And now everybody obsesses about it. So it's funny. It's like yeah. that was never even meant to be there. It was just like a little test. Yeah. And, uh, and now we hold on to it like, oh, this is the only way to do things. And okay, you know, I, I personally think it's good that it's there because it makes sense for a lot of postures yeah. that come later. Yeah. Um, but it just shows you, like, let's all take it down a notch and yeah. let's relax. Uh, and a lot of those small things have changed. In the Prasaditas, there yeah. were some other ones. The way they do the Vinyasa now, there's an extra breath. The handstands that used to be there that aren't there anymore. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. So, um, yeah, it really makes you think. Another thing that... Uh, Nancy always always shares is how much, uh, how good was Patavi Joyce to really teach at every individual differently. Yeah. Right. So, I'm sure, like for example, someone like David Williams that was like a young dude and full of energy. Probably he was, you know, dialing up and saying, "Okay, handstand, handstand." Yeah. yeah. You know, in every vinyasa, and someone like Nancy that was really sick and very ill would say skip vinyasas between right and left skip vinyasas between postures yeah so they're both traditional because yeah. the tradition was serve the students yeah. yeah within the system well and if you then look to the teacher of patabi joyce krishnamacharya well, right I, this is exactly what it's about is teaching to the individual so the tradition in that sense is see what is in front of you because i mean i know that's uh Sharat does the same. I've always heard this from students of his, at least from the past, uh, right? That it is, uh, if, if there's an issue, right, things are adjusted. So the tradition is not, is not the um, rigidity, let's say, or the static... Uh, this posture then this posture and this is exactly how it goes and this is exactly what you do in between the postures yes ideally if that's what you can do that is what you do because that serves the individual student but if in that moment that's not serving the student then that is adjusted and that doesn't make it less traditional I don't know I think uh, absolutely and, and then also it raises the question what is perfect sure Right? It's like, okay, Eka means inhale, lift your arms up. 
It's not like make a perfect line between <laughs> your thumbs and your eye and your big toes yeah. or whatever it is. I think that sometimes we get so lost in the small details and we kind of lose this more expansive view of things, which, you know, I mean, I don't know. The last time I checked, we are trying to teach yoga. Yeah. What is yoga? Are you asking me? No. <laughs> yes. No, but really, what is it? It's being here yeah, right moment, now yeah. as it is. Yeah. So if you are obsessing about the tradition or the way that you saw something years ago, then that's definitely not yoga. Then you're just stuck in the past. I don't know. I think to me, tradition is chanting together, breathing together, yeah. tuning into the subtle movements in, in the internal flow of things and following a sequence, following... A systematic approach to things yeah. and to try to you know stay within those lines as much as possible rather than you must do this before you do that yeah and I, I mean I think to some extent you must do this before you do that has a great amount of validity for a lot of things right certain patterns that we have to learn of course it is important that that's why we the sequence learn. is so important exactly. and the sequence in that sense yes should be tradition yeah. that you don't just come one day and, and do random things that yeah. you like and leave away the ones that you, you cannot like. do or you can't yeah or you don't like exactly yeah. and it also teaches us certain patterns that we then need for further down the road when we do other postures I think that is really important that the sequence is there and let's say achieving certain milestones or getting past certain yeah. uh, milestones or untying those knots the grantis that are in uh, parts of the sequence that, that is important uh, and no it's not possible for every body mm -hmm. literally the physical form to do all of those things But then for me, when I think of tra tradition, it's really important that we as teachers then understand the information that was passed on to us from our teachers and how they taught, like how they taught us, how they saw us, how they helped us. Yes. And then by experiencing that ourselves, also practicing for a long time inconsistently that we then also understand in our own bodies not only our own bodies as the experience of uh, the practice within ourselves but also in the context of the teacher-student relationship and what we learn from a teacher uh, how we then apply that to our students and help them. I think that, for me, that is tradition. And it doesn't Absolutely. mean that I come into the room and I change everything. It means that I understand the structure and I work within it and I've worked with it and I know what it has done for me. I understand why my teacher taught me in a certain way and then I can help. Uh, it helps me gain insight so that I can see all of the people in front of me and help apply that knowledge in a similar way. Absolutely. But then it's interesting because you're talking about a teacher or maybe a handful of teachers mm -hmm. that have worked with you or with us. And then, you know, the way that you learn that is through them. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the way that Patabe Joyce taught them. Yeah. So the information will come from their experience, yeah. which 
it will always be slightly different to another person. Yeah, definitely. So there will always be some... Malleability, <coughs> flexibility. Yeah. Or maybe some different qualities also, right? Yeah. And I think it's important to honor that. This is not like a robotic uh, thing. So it's just like you said at the beginning, <clears throat> very often you can tell who study with who, by the way they they jump or by the way they move with their arms or even by the way they breathe yeah. because every teacher will you know emphasize perhaps some slightly different things even though everybody's working within the uh, the system so yeah I, I totally agree I think that's so important to think about at least handing down yeah I think it's interesting too I remember when Dina Kinsberg said to somebody when we were practicing with, uh, with her and Jack in Portugal. And she said to somebody, I've been doing this a lot longer than you have. <laughs> like, I think I know better. It's interesting, right? Because um, we do have, carry all of this experience with us. And then that experience is part of the tradition. That forms tradition. Of course. And because it's something that you carry yeah. with you day after day, yeah. So I think part of the practice is also putting some faith into the fact that, okay, this person yeah. has, does have more experience. They have, they're part of the tradition. Yes. Like, and then of course then we get to choose whether we put faith into this person or not. Or if we're going to another uh, teacher. Exactly. Or absolutely. Um, yeah, but that's a good point. Yeah, that's also it. It's, you're, it. Working with a teacher is tradition. Yeah. Working with someone that has been doing it longer than you. Is tradition. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, carrying that thread. Yes, it's not like, you know, these insights of, or knowledge or things come from nowhere. They come from the work that we have been doing for a long time before. Yeah. So even the Buddha, right, had to sit for a long time under the banyan tree. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it's also, I don't know, it's like all these teachings of yoga really ask us to kind of find the middle way. And I think with this topic, it's also like that. It's like, okay, we have to honor tradition as well as embrace uniqueness and also even embrace change. Yeah. Because some things do change with time. Yeah. Like, for example, mm. you know... Um, I think back in the day, the, the lead primary was on a Friday and then it got moved yeah. to a Saturday or, or the other way around. This, the, these yeah. things just change with time. And, and we can't. there was never a lead primary. And there was never that. a lead primary. Yeah, yeah. That, that came way after. Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny. I think it's important that we keep a, a big picture. Yeah, I remember David talking about, and this is one of the reasons why our... Mysore program is never going to be like 40 people at one time because we as teachers can't keep track of that many students but yeah. uh, right David Kyle was talking about yeah you know 12 students in the room it was never more than that and when Nancy started I don't know how many people were in the room then like two yeah. her and David yeah. yeah no there were never more than four or five people yeah, so it's it's interesting how these small groups and and with Gretchen, right, the groups were always small. Like she yeah. could really give us very personal attention, um, small enough for her to handle. There's 
experience to be able to handle more more students but yeah that that feeling of somebody is watching you and there to take care of you um, and that, that was that was always tradition but now you look at Shurat, right and he has a huge shala and there's lots of people and also in the not the old old shala but now what would it be now the second generation shala which i don't know like the hangar shala yeah but that's the new one the very yeah. new one right a lot of people can fit in there but is that then non-traditional no that is a difference yes then a different tradition starting Right. Well, but it's like the tradition continues. It's just that it's maybe slightly different. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because otherwise, the tradition should be five people in the room. Yeah. <laughs> more. Yeah. Right. And then it's also interesting. I feel that sometimes because tradition really do give us a sense of belonging and 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 of sharing certain values with peers that I feel that sometimes we can kind of hide behind the word tradition and um, and kind of like push the things that are important to us behind that word. Like, for example, I mean, I know and I've heard this from different people that, for example, Sherrod loves backbending and he loves, you know, doing this catching ankle situation. So that's really important to him. Yeah. So, in a way, it's like, you know, I'm not saying that he's mistakenly using the word tradition. I cannot talk for him. I never heard him say that. But I feel like sometimes this word gets thrown around to yeah. different things that are really important to us, which is beautiful. But then also we need to hold it lightly. Yeah. It's like tradition is the whole pack. It's not just that one thing. Yeah. I, but I think also that then other people grab onto things yes. and use them as almost like weapons against Precisely, others. like a shield. It's like, like, yeah. Oh, how you're doing it is not traditional. No, <sighs> don't do it that way. That's not traditional. And it's like, well, <laughs> what is traditional? Because the way that my teacher taught me is, for me, traditional. That really rubs me the wrong way and it makes me really sad as well. Because then it's like, then we're missing the point. We're here to support and encourage people. Yeah. If you're always like, you know, that's not traditional, that's not traditional. It's like, who says that? Who's got this traditional meter? It's the Ashtanga police all yeah. over again. I think uh, they're always lurking somewhere in the shadows. Yes. Who are these people? <laughs> no, but it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting topic. And uh, I really encourage, you know... Uh, Everybody there that is kind of like nerdy about this topic, just to kind of, you know, look how, or, or maybe inquire, you know, on, on the internet or maybe ask older teachers how it was done certain things in the past. And then uh, you'd be surprised how much it has changed. Yeah. But it's interesting because uh, right then we've had a student who recently went to practice with another teacher and the teacher apparently told them that's not the traditional way. So then the student came back and said, why don't you and Mercedes teach the traditional way? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> what do you mean by that? We teach, I think we teach it a very traditional way. <laughs> I teach the way my teacher taught me and my multiple teachers have taught me. Like, and that always has been the same. Like I've had multiple teachers and they and, all teach and most the same. important we we teach by looking at you yeah 
right? It's like, okay, the ingredients are the same, but the recipe will always be a little bit different. Yeah. It's like, who are you? What's your body like? What's your situation like? How much energy do you have? All these things will have an impact on the way that the practice is taught, hopefully. I don't know, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. What is tradition to you guys? Yeah, it would be interesting to hear. What is tradition? Just like every family has tradition, right? So whether you celebrate a holiday in a certain way or have a custom for yourself, right? That could even become a tradition to do some specific thing for yourself. I mean, I suppose that might be more ritual. Um, but some things, I don't know, you may have a tradition of every year yeah, going go to the same, yeah, going to the same shop in the same little village or I don't yes. know. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at things like, for example, the queen in England, oh my God, she's been like a queen for... <laughs> I don't know how many years she just had her jubileum and uh, you know I don't think you can think of anything more traditional like um, the real family in the UK and even now she does things that are totally different than when she was young yeah I mean you would never think of like Prince Charles marrying um, Camilla who was divorced all these things and now the little one even left the crown yeah. and did his own thing with this actress. So, because times have also changed. Yeah. We have changed as society and as culture. So, but the tradition remains. Nobody says, yeah. oh, okay, the royal family is not traditional anymore. Yeah. I think it's, it's funny. It reminds me of, and I've said this before, I'm pretty sure Tara Brock says this, or I've heard Tara Brock say it, but maybe it's from somebody else. Tara Brock, if you're listening, I, <laughs> I highly doubt it, but <laughs> um, she says uh, to hold something with open hands. Yes. Right? That then it allows something to evolve when it needs to evolve or yes. change when it needs to change. And that doesn't mean that we throw the baby out with the bathwater, but... Um, maybe the bath water just needs some refreshing <laughs> or you add a little more hot water, <laughs> right? It, it gives the ability to um, adjust where adjustment is needed. Absolutely. So maybe, maybe it would be useful to kind of paint the picture of what it would it be, to, at least to us, something uh, like a practice that is non-traditional. In that sense. Like in the Ashtanga sequence? Yeah, yeah. What, what would it look like? Uh, I think um, doing handstand after Prasarita Parutanasana D. Press, <laughs> pressing up into straddle handstand. Only because there is a teacher that does this. So. Well, to do it, you consider that not traditional? Yeah. Oh, okay. I would say that's non traditional. Well, but no, but we worked with teachers that made us do that kind of stuff. So in a way it is because, you know, we have worked with people that have encouraged us yeah. to do this. So to me... Though was, I have been told like, okay, but if you go practice with Sharat, don't do this. Okay. Right? <laughs> but, that's, 
yeah, but that's different. Yeah, of course. You of know, course. this is yeah. yeah, exactly. That's proving that's proving our point. To me, not traditional would look something like somebody coming and choosing random postures uh, to do, uh, yeah, yeah. and not really paying attention to the inner workings of the breath yes. and the energies and these kind of things. Yeah. That to me would be somebody that says, you know what, I really like to do this, but I don't give a fuck about all that other stuff. Yeah. So I'm just going to pick and mix what I want to do just because I like this and I don't like that. Yeah. And then they go on to somebody else and, and say, oh, don't worry about that stuff. It's not worth anything. That to me yeah. would be like not tradition. And it's like, no, but that's not. On, but then that's not even Ashtanga, then I think. No, but... No, yeah, no, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. But, you know, some people love the sequence and, you know, then they kind of pick a mix. Yeah. Yeah, what would be non-traditional? <clears throat> to me, that, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, like changing the sequence, but that... But not but just really that, changing the know, sequence, kind of like not respecting the sequence, let's say. Because sometimes you need to change things, you know? Like sometimes you need to add a yeah. little extra hip opening before you do something. Or yeah. and then, so In yeah. a way, you're adding maybe something, yeah. but then you remove it when it's time to remove it. Yeah. Yeah, I think then for me, non-traditional would be exactly what you said. For me, what was so stressed by all of my teachers is the breath and the importance of the vinyasa as a package, a total package. And um, for me, if I don't see that um, being taught to students or students that come to yes. our studio from other studios mm -hmm. or other teachers and that that is missing, that is what I... Then I think that's non-traditional. There you go. This is exactly what I mean. Yes. Then I feel, but then I feel like there's just so much that's just missing. I don't even know if. Then I don't even know if it has to do with tradition. It's more like the practice of yoga is missing. Then, other than the just making shapes on your mat. Because then it makes you think. It's like okay, if you're missing a leg and an arm, can you not practice traditional Ashtanga yoga? Definitely. So it's bullshit. It's like the tradition is the juice of it, is the structure of it. Yeah, or because you have uh, a spinal fusion from, uh, let's say, T8 to L3. I mean, there are people who have really yeah. big... Are yeah. they... And they can't backbend? Like, yeah. are they not allowed to... Exactly. Are they not practicing traditionally because they can't do certain backbends? Absolutely. Yeah. I think we made our point. I think we did too. Good. <laughs> uh, anything you would like to add on this topic? No, other than I just got a really strong hankering. That's a great word that I never use. Hankering. What is it? A what craving. Does that mean? A oh, craving. Okay, a craving of what? Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> Speaking of tradition, oh, you put that tradition. in my head now. That would be excellent. I'm right about now. You know, I love peanut butter, but I don't really have it at home because Martin hates it. Oh, really? Can you believe it? Oh, uh, Stephen 
eats a lot of peanut butter, and I love peanut butter. So if we don't I have peanut have butter at the house, David gets a little. No, Martin finds it too sticky uh, in the yeah. mouth, but I I love it. Sometimes even you know before practice a little. Of course, a spoonful of <laughs> uh, a spoonful of peanut butter as opposed to the spoonful of sugar. Um, okay, maybe we should give a little shout out to two emails that we got. Yeah. Yeah. One was. Ilenia, thank you so much. She really, she was just sharing with us how much she enjoyed the, the latest podcast we did. And she did ask us a question which I'm trying to find. Oh, yeah. Okay, she says, it would be nice to hear what you think about practicing when we girls are on our period. Ah, yeah. So whether some restorative practices are advised or maybe even adjustments to the Ashtanga practice. I would love to have high levels of energy throughout the whole month, but since it is not the case, what do you think is the best way of maintaining that regular self-check in? Okay. Yeah, we definitely don't feel the same every day. No, I think that's a great question, especially in the line of tradition. <laughs> yes. So maybe, okay, what, what are your thoughts? First of all, let's, let's unpack the girls when they have their period. Yeah, so I... <clears throat> Back in the day, in my 20s and in my early 30s, I didn't pay attention to that at all. I actually saw it as a, a stupid rule that a man must have come up with. Oh, really? And I thought a man is trying to push his idea of me as a woman and, oh, I'm so fragile when I'm bleeding, so I have to stop and seclude myself from society and I'm not allowed to practice. That's hilarious. So it actually pissed me off for a long time. I was like, fuck that shit. It doesn't matter if I'm bleeding. I'm going to practice anyways. Viva la revolución! But honestly, back then, I didn't really have the energetic fluctuations that... Well, I shouldn't say that. I ignored them. I was going to say, <laughs> probably you're not as sensitive to them probably as you are. not. <laughs> yes. Or attuned. That's, yeah. And then um, at some point... Uh, I think I started to question whether it, it was something that I should consider practicing. And just being a good scientist, um, I thought I'd do my own experiment. And so I did start to take the first uh, three days of my menstrual cycle um, as rest days and uh, just to see how it felt in my body. And I don't know, for me, uh, I feel like, and maybe along with many other things that were going on in my life, um, that it did, uh, I feel like that helped kind of regulate my cycle. Mm, yeah. I made it more regular. I mean, I yeah. I think, and that's something that I struggled with for a really long time, that yeah. I had a very irregular menstrual cycle. Yeah. Um, so then I, I felt like, uh, yeah, as I got older, that uh, I think in the past, I'd say 10 years or a little bit less, that I've paid more attention to that stuff and uh, that I... Um, yeah, that I, I do... I understand its value... I think for some things, you know, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to hurt you. 
I mean, turning yourself upside down is not going to reverse the flow of blood oh in your my body. God, these turning upside down and people are just so yeah. fearful. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, I don't, I don't believe that physiologically <laughs> it's going to happen. No, but I do not. think that right. This is an intensive practice, and especially if you've been practicing it for a long time and you're doing multiple series, we both know it's pretty hard on your body. Uh, I mean, hard on your body. I shouldn't say that. Sounds you can erase that later. <laughs> it's it's intense. It's a uh, it's like running. Yeah, there's intensity to it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I wouldn't say like running a marathon every day. It's like running a good. Uh, you're like in a constant sprint for a while there. Yeah, it's it asks a lot of you. And I think if we don't pay attention to how the practice affects our energy, then we kind of. Um, then we ignore a big part of the practice. And so I think that for me, paying attention to my cycle and not practicing has helped me more better understand the energetics of the practice. That, that, that I think is what that the makes easiest sense. way to say yeah, it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think <clears throat> it's important to pay attention to it because eventually... We want to ride mainly on energy and not so much on muscle effort. Yeah. So things shift energetically naturally yeah. for us women when we are in having our periods. We are in a lot more a panic place. Yeah. So naturally, you know, you're trying to fight that pranic movement. So, um, yeah, just taking those three days is great. And also, hey, if you practice... Five or six days a week, it's yeah. amazing to have those uh, days off. I will say this, I think, I mean, it's very different from woman to woman. Some women have like three days period and then they're done. Yeah. Other women have like a week or ten days. Yeah. Um, some women practice six days a week. Other women practice maybe three times a week. So I think depending yeah. on where you're in those. Yeah. If maybe you're not able to take the first three days off, I would say definitely take the first really heavy day and then answering Ile's question, then perhaps approach your practice a little bit different. Yeah. If you don't have the chance to rest for those three days or if your uh, period is super long, yeah. right? So then maybe you can do the sequence, but maybe not jumping so much or, yeah. or taking it a little bit lighter, this kind of thing. I think it's important. But then, like what you said, you need to be paying attention to what is happening inside. Yeah, I think spending more time in forward folds instead yes. of the five breaths, take eight breaths, yeah. those kinds of uh, yeah, things. Those... And of course, you could always skip the inversions as well. Yes. Um, or do more restorative things if you know you want to get a little bit of movement but you don't feel ready to do the, the shtanga sequence yeah. you know longer shavasana these kind of things yeah because i've also had days where i wanted to move i was craving movement not just laying around of being. course yeah so uh, and it was during my my moon <laughs> days um and that i've done the primary series then just the sun salutations uh, with modified sun salutations, so no jumping, stepping, you know, taking it easy. 
and then doing just the seated postures. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. Actually, that's a nice little treat, that kind of stuff. I think it's really nice and also important that we use the practice to kind of explore these inner workings. Again, don't worry, that is still traditional. <laughs> So, yeah, I hope, Ile, we answer your question. And then we have another lovely uh, email from Violet from Alabama. How yeah. cool is that? <laughs> she said hello, that she re is really enjoying the podcast and that she really enjoyed the episode about bandas. So glad that you did. <laughs> she might be coming to the Netherlands, so that's awesome. And then she had a little question. Oh, yeah, if you have any more insight on bandas... I would love to hear anything you could throw my way. <laughs> <laughs> More insight on bandas. I think, keep looking. Exactly. <laughs> keep looking. Keep feeling, keep looking. And let us know. I will say this about the bandas. There's a really nice little book called Mula Banda, The Master Key. It's a really nice little book if, uh, Violet, you want to go and nerd out a little bit. Mm -hmm. But from personal experience, keep having fun. Keep looking within <laughs> that cave of wonders. Okay, so that's it for now. Thank you all so much for listening. Please, please, please do reach out. Send us an email at info at the onionpillars.nl. Yes. And if you have a chance, leave us a review. You can always just give us a few stars. But of course, if you have a moment to spare, you can actually write something on iTunes. That will help us spread the word more. And what else? Uh, we have in the studio coming up uh, next fall or this fall with um, Laurent. He's coming back again for his yearly uh, pranayama Uh, training sessions absolutely mm -hmm. this year is starting in september so yeah. it's september october and november so you guys are still on time to check that out and if you have any questions send us an email yeah uh, and there's next week on thursday evening a free online question and answer session with laurent so you can uh, plug yourself into that if you have any questions or if it's something that is interesting to you and um And yeah, and then Scott Johnson is coming. Yeah. But instead of September, now he's coming in November. Ah. He emailed yes. today. So we're looking forward to that as well. So we'll have the new dates up on the website. Yes. ASAP. Cool. All right, everyone. Thank you again. Until next time, this is Mercedes. And this is Lana. Bye. Bye. Bye.